You're watching Channel 37, WHXN, New Salem. It's Channel 37's Midnight Movie Show. Tonight, we're staying up late to follow the adventures of everyone's favorite government shadow operation slash charter plane business slash radioactive snake delivery service. It's hard ticket to Hawaii. Hello and welcome to Channel 37's Midnight Movie Show. I'm Dan and with me are Wendy. Hi there. And Will. Just when you thought it was safe to take a pee. i need an adult yeah (laughs) uh yes welcome back to uh the show proper is running late theater uh (laughs) (laughs) so we come to you after midnight with uh a fairly legendary um god whatever the fuck this is it's a hot ticket <laughs> to Hawaii. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Never in my life have I heard this expression. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Listen, somebody probably wrote the song as, you know, a tourist song, and they were like, what does that mean? And they were like, um, I don't know. And the producer was just like, hey, I'll buy it. Yeah. And just name the movie after it. The song's on Spotify. Is it? It is. I mean, everything's on Spotify, but... Hello, listeners. I mean, a hard ticket is just like a paper ticket. Mm-hmm. Like, versus like an electronic ticket now. And this is like, like 1987 wouldn't even have that distinction. And who exactly had the hard ticket? The snake? <laughs> the snake. <laughs> oh, the snake. We are getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hard ticket to Hawaii. It has it all. The awesome, pristine beauty of the land. The warm caress of perfect beaches. The tantalizing wetness of the blue Pacific. Hawaii. It's a great place to visit. But you wouldn't want to die there. Four of America's finest ready and willing to pay the price for paradise. Ah. They're undercover, but not under-equipped. On this mission, there's hard flying, hard playing, hard fighting. Agents are everywhere. It's a hard ticket to Hawaii. So, Will, I I don't know which of us actually like wrote it down on the list, but I'm pretty sure that you have been the strongest advocate for this movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 
would you and Wendy, this is your first time seeing it, is that right? Um, I mean, I saw parts of it, yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, just in, but like in general, this was not. This, yes, this, this was is, a new experience for you. This is not a film I have seen before. I feel like I've watched um, somebody talk about it, but I've never seen mm-hmm. it before. Right. Okay. Will, would you mind taking us through the plot such as it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the movie ba- follows a number of operatives for the agency. We never know what the agency is is it the cia is it the fbi is it a cargo company who knows <laughs> anywho um a couple a drug dealer named seth romero um ends up killing a couple of um a couple of cops in hawaii um two of the two of the people that work for the agency um donna and taryn end up finding this out and after finding like some diamonds that were you know that were being used to pay for and were kind of getting smuggled around seth goes after them um two other guys that work for the agency um rowdy and um i can't remember jade yeah Rowdy and Jade end up like, you know, showing up to help them. They end up going and killing multiple people. And then eventually, like, they recover the dime, they recover the diamonds. All the people who are work for the drug running company are dead. <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool. Um, hey, let's just go and take our boat and have some fun because we have diamonds now. <laughs> Yeah. And also a lot of people <laughs> and most of the women in the movie um, get naked at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Just randomly, too. Yeah. yeah. We need to deliver some exposition, so let's take off our shirts. Hard ticket to Hawaii walked so Game of Thrones could run. And to be fair, the men also deliver exposition after taking off their shirts. That's true. There are a lot of... Everybody's topless in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the men wears a banana hammock more than once mm-hmm. um so well what is your experience with this movie i had seen clips of the movie before like the main one i i've seen before there's a scene where one of the one of the people in it um kills somebody by using a frisbee filled with razor blades <laughs> And I had seen that clip before, and I found it hilarious. And then years l- later, like, uh, I don't remember what brought it on, if somebody on Twitter brought it up or what. But I just decided, hey, you know what, sure, I'm going to watch this. And it was so dumb that <laughs> I was like, oh, God, how have I not seen this before? Because I like stupid movies that make absolutely no sense, and no one with a lick of taste would like. <laughs> And Ackerman. yeah, and I ended up um showing it to a bunch of friends earlier this year at like you know, kind of at a party, and you know, mostly good reactions. You know, there were a few times where it's like, okay, maybe they're going a little too far. Oh, I forgot to mention an important plot point, which is there's also a snake that they're um transporting for cargo, and turns out they transport the wrong snake because there was a good co- boa constrictor and there was an evil boa constrictor that was filled <laughs> with um that was filled with cancer venom, I guess. That's a thing. 
here's the thing. Is that actually an important plot point? I mean, if you it, remove the snake entirely from this movie, does the story change one iota? No. <laughs> but it's still hilarious. Oh, it's fucking amazing. But because <laughs> they use like the stupidest freaking puppet, and it's there's at least one more more than one time that the snake just hisses at the camera. Yeah, like there are times where it's like clearly being like pulled off camera. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I first heard I mean, I'm not gonna pretend otherwise. I first heard of this movie when it was on Best of the Worst. Um God, it was an early episode too. I actually looked it up and it was like ten years ago. Like seeing it on that, I'm like, oh my god, this looks incredible. And I did get to see it at some point. And it's like like the dumbest fucking movie. It's <laughs> just absolutely fucking dumb um i'm not convinced it's not on purpose it's very easy okay if you sit again we talked about this before more than once you cannot sit down and say i'm going to make a cult movie right you know you can't say i'm going to make a movie that's so bad it's good because usually what you wind up with is just bad i don't have proof of this but i feel like this is exactly the movie that Andy Sidaris had in his head when he started. He decided this is what he was going to make, and it is exactly what he wound up making. Um, it is not presented as a comedy, but it, it's absolutely a sitcom, like an Adult Swim, ridiculous, over the top version of of that. This is yeah, this is a movie that like I, I it's not good. It it's not good. It's not well made. It's not certainly not well acted, but um. I find legitimate entertainment coming out of this movie when I watch it. So, Wendy, tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts if you could, please. I mean, do I have thoughts about this movie? I don't know. I mean, yes. I mean, it was it was nonsense. It was a steaming pile of nonsense and garbage, um, with a terrible snake puppet in it and <laughs> lots of boobs. Um, and I don't know about halfway through i nodded off for about 20 minutes um and i don't think that it really made a difference to my understanding or appreciation of the film um yeah you you seem to pick it pick up right where you left off yeah i mean i did come back in time for um the flying guillotine frisbee and that was great mm-hmm. like that that was really good but it's just it's it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand these hot pants uniforms. I don't understand if the agency is literally a cargo plane company or the CIA. <laughs> and I don't think that was disclosed when well, you know when I was asleep. It just it doesn't make any sense at all that someone in the witness protection program ends up like working for the agency that's hiding them. That's not how witness protection works, right? It's just dumb. The ending doesn't make any sense. And the only thing remotely interesting about this movie was its um, opening credits and it and its theme song and then the razor blade frisbee. And um, I'm angry that I had to watch this and I don't ever want to speak of it again. After <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you did sleep through the uh, skateboarder getting blown up by a rocket launcher. No, I think I caught it. No, Maybe I've just seen that clip. Yeah. Well, I know you've seen, the, you've, you've seen the the you've definitely have seen the um, sex doll. Get yeah, that up. was what the hell was that? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I do feel like this is a movie best experienced in a room with other people. Yeah, 
So yeah, and I mean Anthony so Anthony Sedaris, who is the director, um pretty much like did a number of films that were very similar. Um they were and he kind of grouped them together as like Lethal Ladies or BBB, like which could alternatively be um bullets bullets bombs and babes yeah or bullets bombs and boobs yes <laughs> any a lot of them are very similar um well they're kind of a loose universe like a lot of the same characters oh, yeah. popping up in them yeah um like those pretty much um what's her face um donna is like the main character of a bunch of them and I think Taryn shows up, but then sometimes it's a different girl. But mm-hmm. and Edie shows up in a bunch of them. And yeah, I was looking it up. This is like the second yeah. in a twelve movie series, <laughs> and it, that is just like what the frick. Also, for whatever reason, the first movie in the series exists in universe. Also. Like that, they have a poster for Malibu Express, which is the first movie in there, and they talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Like that, they oh, they must have later on went and made a movie about the first one, and it's like, okay, sure, I guess you're just you really want to, you know, promote yourself. That's such a B movie thing, though. You know, it is, it is such a B movie thing. Like you know, you're watching. I don't know, like like incredibly strange creatures, and like they'll walk past a uh, a movie poster for Wild Guitar. You know, it's like something that you see in a lot of these things. Um, I mean, to give Andy Sidaris his props, he, I mean, he worked in in television. He was a te- like a major TV director for decades, uh, sports yeah. specifically. You know, he basically was ABC's Wild World of Sports for twenty five years. He also directed an episode of the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries. <laughs> Sadly, none of them involved. Dr- the episode he directed did not involve Dracula. <laughs> not that, you know, any episodes did involve Dracula. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you kind of, I mean, it's almost like this was his retirement plan, right? Yeah. He, he worked for the for the network for a few decades and then retired to Hawaii where he made movies that involved him hiring a bunch of, of Playboy playmates to run around his bungalow. I mean, that is basically the David Dakota um, retirement for how many years before he, it turned into, you know what, instead I'm going to just do Lifetime movies now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to be absolutely fair, Sedaris is so much better at what he does than David Dakota. I mean, for starters... I'm bare. I'm barely positive half the sets weren't just you know redresses of his house. Yeah, <laughs> there is almost the resemblance of a plot as opposed to you know half of some of David Dakota's films, which are just okay. And now you walk around in your underwear in the dark for a few for about five minutes, <laughs> and now we're just going to cut to somebody from somebody that was famous back in the eighties. Um, let's say, oh, Jack Ace free this week. Yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, uh, Sedaris, like some of his movies, he's he's given work to like Pat Morita and Eric Estrada. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, and then when Pat Morita isn't available for the next one, he replaces him with a white German man. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, oh, wait, no, no, no. He's also Chinese. It's like, it's is he really? No. And why is he throwing a samurai sword? <laughs> That's uh, Japan. Yeah. Mr. Chang. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad about myself for watching this movie. <laughs> I mean, I can't fault you for not liking a bad movie. It it seems like unreasonable <laughs> for me to say you should like this bad movie. It's definitely a very specific it's got a very specific appeal. Um it was it's... a movie made for USA All Night or mm-hmm. Or, you know, late night um, Cinemax. Yes. I don't yeah, know. This... It's no stewardess school. It's not... But then again, what is? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it can't be a Vice Academy every week. Right? Not everything can be Hell Comes to Frogtown. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you can't show Satan's cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Satan's cheerleaders. So I actually watched it for the first time, like um, back in October when I was watching all my horror movies, and oh my god, it was like, I the six no sense, and I love it. Is it is it all for one and one for all? Satan's cheerleaders have a ball, something like that. I haven't seen that movie since the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I am familiar with this movie. Some things never leave you. It's it's it was an up all night movie. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. All, all the best ones are. I mean, you know, this week's airing of Class of Nukem High Part 2 will be delayed for Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, um, the guy that directed it also directed Angel's Revenge. You're kidding. I kid you not. Oh, it's like one of my favorite episodes. Also Final Justice with Joe Don Baker. Those are those are both awesome. Okay, I guess I have. Well, I guess I have to watch this now. It's and it is actually almost intended to be a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's just like just such a random, like weird movie, and it, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it all, but also, it is like one of those movies where it's like, okay, yeah, this is intended for us to, for you to watch, and also they're cheerleaders, and they're going to just randomly take off. This one's going to take off her clothes and sit on the altar to Satan for a little bit. And we're going to air it on, on, on basic cable for some reason. Okay. I can get behind that. So to get back to this one, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, there's very, very, very little in the way of actual story, but it really is just a sequence of what the fuck moments with occasional um, interludes where nothing is happening. I don't know how, like, you can't just make the movie nothing but what the fuck, because that gets very old very fast. But also, you've got to get it to 75 minutes somehow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, there are at least three different scenes where random people who will never be important to the plot and never show up again show up at um, Edie's the restaurant mm-hmm. and have conversations that have nothing to do with the movie. Like first we have like this woman named Charlotte who is talking to a producer played by, played by the director okay. and about like, you know, a movie that she did and how basically he is 
he's uh, the sex offender. <laughs> and then later, oh, no, no, we're I'm doing an interview. But first, I need to tell you about all the pills I take. Mm. And then it's the interview, and oh god, the and then the people that are getting interviewed are drunk, and yeah, that pill sequence was like, what, what is, what is happening here? I mean, that that restaurant. Every time the like the first time they actually went to that restaurant, I actually found myself thinking, like, meanwhile, in a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's absolutely a completely different movie, just kind of spliced in there. Plus, it really made me again. It made me think of. Again, something like Angel's Revenge, like a movie that it felt like a very 70s TV movie set. You know, we're like going to stop our scene in the middle to say, you know, to say hello to Charles Nelson Riley walking through the uh, through the restaurant to to wave at the camera for a minute. It's the it's the off market love boat. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but that's absolutely the vibe. And then. It would, you know, cut over to our, our heroines, you know, yeah. DEA agents slash charter plane pilots. Yeah. Got to take on hey, the bro- bad guys, but first we've got to get these customers over to uh, to the to the Big Island. I will give the movie like one major like kudos though. Okay. So one of the plot points of the film is that at Edie's, there's a waitress who is actually a under who is actually undercover for the bad guys and is actually a man. Mm-hmm. So the, at no point, though, do they decide to go for a low blow and make some kind of a homophobic or transphobic joke mm-hmm. about this. I absolutely the, will give you that. Yeah. The closest is there's literally a woman who goes up to the under to the undercover person and is just like, yeah, you know, I work on my figure all the time. You got to have big breasts or something stupid along those lines. It was mainly an excuse for another per- random person to show up and take off their their clothes and show off their boobs. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we definitely have to give this credit, this film credit for doing the absolute bare minimum of not being terrible. But um. But I, but but I did in fact note that myself. Like this person very easily could have been the butt of several jokes, and 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 then they weren't. Bare minimum of things, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Bare minimum, exactly. You're not, and the you film know. technically does pass the Bechdel test if we really want to get down to it. It's just it does it in the stupidest ways possible, and half the times, oh, we're passing the test, but also our shirts are off. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if they're passing the test topless for no reason, it kind of negates that as a metric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't really argue with, with that too hard. So here's a question. Who's the yeah. worst actor in this movie? Oh, that's, Snake. that's a... <laughs> I don't buy that they're a snake. No. No, that's an arm and a glove. <laughs> I don't know if I would necessarily classify them as like the worst actor, but I think the one I enjoyed the least was um the guy who played JJ or whatever the mm. the long haired man the long haired guy. Yeah. Oh, the sorry, long haired good the, guy. The sensei Doug Braid. Yeah, because yeah. literally it's just like okay, you're just gonna talk like you're. 
like the stereotype of a somebody in a samurai movie or a Hong Kong action movie. And you're very white. So, mm-hmm. oh, and it, and as it turns out, it looks like he, um, the actor Wolf Larson, um, he started out by working at Chippendales. Okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that scene on the boat where Rowdy, Rowdy Abilene (laughs) (laughs) and Jade are like sparring, I guess, (laughs) where they're like doing Kung Fu movie noises and then speaking, (laughs) (laughs) you know, speaking, you know, doing Confucius say voices and, and, oh, and it went on forever. And then they get a message in a cheese sandwich. <laughs> they get a message in a cheese sandwich and then they have to light some contact paper. Yeah. For yeah. some reason. I don't think it. it the sandwich wouldn't self-destruct, they had to destroy it. <laughs> you know, there's an easy solution and it involves not wasting food. <laughs> and you're complaining about being hungry. You can eat the fucking cheese sandwich. Yes, it has lettuce on it and it's basically just white bread, cheese, and lettuce, but eh. they were they were mad. They wanted sushi and they got a cheese sandwich. It was like all those people at Fire Festival. <laughs> <laughs> this movie are you saying this movie's like Fire Festival? This movie is a lot like Fire Festival in that I feel like I was sold a bill of goods I did not receive, and I'm very angry about the time I lost to it. 100% fair. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even fucking know where to go. Like, this movie was insane. Like, the... How many... How many times did that rocket launcher get get used? Like... At least two or th- I know. Look, at it got you. The rocket launcher got used twice. First to shoot the got shoot the skateboard assassin, and then to shoot the um the blow up doll, <laughs> which seems like overkill. It does, yeah. Like he was definitely carrying it around during all the climaxes, which I, I will also mention in a minute. Like this movie ended five times. But, um, it does actually seem like they could have used the rocket launcher a lot more because it was one of the coolest things in the movie. And I don't know, maybe it was like all of their problems could have been solved by rocket launcher, right? That is generally true anyway. Yeah. And they, they underutilized the rocket launcher. Like if you have a rocket launcher, use the rocket launcher. Like Sidaris somehow got a hold of a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> by God, they were going to use it. Listen, sometimes you need a rocket launcher to blow up, you know, a blow-up doll. Sometimes you need it to blow up the judge. Whatever, you're going to use... If you have the rocket launcher, might might as well use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, we get a scene of, of you know, two two models running in terror from a, from a, a model helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and he just happened to have a model hel- helicopter lying around. It was like... I'm going to use that. And also, I'm going to just use what seems like it is, you know, on B footage that was shot as a travelogue for to visit Hawaii. And I'm also going to steal the music that we that would be used in a travelogue to visit Hawaii Mm -hmm. and use it repeatedly. Yeah, 
Because <laughs> the music, all the ba- incidental music sounds like it's either being used for a travelogue or a dating sim. Mm. Like any second now, I'm going to get a dialogue choice and be like, okay, do I compliment Rowdy or do I make fun of his banana hammock? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this movie, I mean, had so much padding in it, like, you know, like the stock footage and, and so on. This movie was a uh, hundred minutes long and it did not need to be a hundred minutes long. Billy doesn't. Like, there's no reason why, like, he produced this himself. There's nobody yelling at him to make sure it gets in at a specific time. Yeah. Because, like you were saying, we literally have, like, three or four endings. Like, Mr. Chang did not need to exist. No. Nope. Or ever need to come back into the plot. Instead, it's like, okay, we've taken care of Seth. Now we got to take care of Mr. Chang. <laughs> it was ne- nice to see him get thrown out a window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've got so yeah, we I'm I'm trying to remember they had they 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 launched this all out assault on the compound after which they forget to actually get Seth. <laughs> yeah. And then Seth shows up at the house, but thankfully there's a snake in the toilet. <laughs> well, that's just it. Okay, so assault on the compound followed by their first thing with Seth. He's, he crawls away, he escapes. They kill Chang. They Seth comes back to imperil Donna specifically. The toilet explodes because there's a snake in it. <laughs> Seth comes back a third time, and then they have to kill the snake. That 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 and they were all treated like end of movie big big moments. Yes, it's the film that doesn't end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then and then they hang out on the yacht and they say, well, technically I'm a civilian, so I can take the stolen diamonds. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> I can't even remember. I remember when I watched this last year, there were two separate movies that had literally the exact same ending of, you know, of civilians taking stolen diamonds and the federal agents being like, okay, yeah, do whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I feel and I like can't I, remember what the other one was. I feel like I've seen that too. I'm wondering if it's something we watch for this show, because I also remember a scene like that. Action USA, episode fourteen. Oh God. Um. Yeah, this movie is this movie is nuts. This movie is insane. It's everything is that happens. It is completely over the top. You know, explosions, <laughs> blow up dolls that explode by rocket powered grenades. People getting, you know, decapitated by a frisbee with dollar store razor blades stuck to it. I mean, that was cool, though. It was hilarious. <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> we have to get in, you know, we have to get past this guard. How are we going to get past this guard? Froth. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this specific henchman really likes throwing the frisbee around. So if you can get a, a, a game of frisbee going... You know, that's that's your ticket in. I mean, that also just seems like, you know, something that you would happen in like a dating sim or like a or a clicking on point adventure game. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need the Frisbee to go to get past the guard. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you got to the guard, but you don't have the frisbee. The guard, the guard shoots you. Yeah, <laughs> you need to go back three screens to get the to get the frisbee. Mm. So I just realized. Um, so the actor who played um Rowdy, mm-hmm. um, is Ron Moss, who I mainly know because uh he, he was on the Bold and the Beautiful for like you know twenty years or something. Okay. But he was also um he was also in the band Player. Player. which performed baby come back okay yeah oh, rock okay. kings yeah like he's r- right there on the cover of the on the cover of the art mm-hmm. you know being all like you know lothario like i guess something like that oh yeah he's definitely there to be smoldering yeah but meanwhile you know the women are the ones who are like holding the guns and then there's a random plane yeah well, yeah, you're not going to know the movie's about a cargo company if uh, they don't put a plane on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> they they put the front stake. <laughs> how 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 likely is it that two different companies or two different people need to mail a snake to Hawaii out out of the same warehouse on the same day? Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, we need to mark both of these as caution snake, but we need to make sure only we need to make sure that the one that is marked deadly also has like can also be easily torn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just standard shipping protocol for a radioactive cancer snake. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of great when the snake came up out of the toilet, though. Oh, it was amazing. Like, that scene is actually pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's the artwork. You kidding me? Yeah. Like, that and the razor blade frisbee mm-hmm. are pretty good. I will I will, I will, will concede those points. Yeah, I mean, yeah there's ha- just so much over the top in this movie. Yeah, I mean, how many, like, how many movies can you go and say for one of your notes is literally just exploding snake toilets? <laughs> I Not mean, that's a, it's a great score to have on your bingo card, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I will say that the sex scene between Rowdy and Donna was like the room levels of uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. It was very like, bad. Do you ha- do you even know where that? Uh, why are Why are you trying to impale her stomach? Yeah, <laughs> it was real bad. And again, it was very long. And then it cuts back to the other people are like, "Okay, cool. So we're just going to teach each other how to, you know, dr- how to how I drink my martinis, in mm-hmm. which I just drink the." vodka straight from the bottle and swallow a lemon peel yeah (laughs) just say you're an alcoholic okay get it Mm -hmm. over with wendy i know that you genuinely just did not you did not get anything out of this movie like this was not something that you had any interest in at all that is correct yeah and that's and again that's that's fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rag you for for not liking a, a bad movie but will this is absolutely made to be seen with a with with a room full of people and yeah. perhaps even a crowd. What other movies would you say like if people like X, 
you, they should they should give this one a shot because I feel like you're the the person that would have an answer to that. So I mean, if you like a film that is just like unrelenting stupidity for like you know an hour and a half, I mean that that this is the kind of film that you probably are going to be enticed by. If you are pro, I would say definitely appeals to it appeals either if you are just really kind of looking for something that is unabashedly campy like the film that the film i watched recently that i think i would say borders it for just you know the unrelenting stupidity but it's okay uh market would probably be um doa dead or alive Mm. and that both are basically just films that are Okay, cool. And now this happens. And now this happens. And something really stupid keeps on happening. And also occasionally there are women that are that sh- that have no reason to be wearing that little, but okay, sure, whatever. Their uniforms consist of like a pilot's shirt with the sleeves cut off and captain's bars. Or, you know, hey, I'm just I'm gonna take off my dress and then I'm gonna put on some pants and now I'm gonna put on a shirt that no I I don't think any woman would wear without a bra. Nope. Because mm. literally it's like one stro- one little breeze and oh everyone can see your underboob. Whatever you do, don't need to take something off a shelf. Yeah. Don't walk through the don't walk through the playground. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was really something because I mean, I'm sure we mentioned it, but this movie, almost everybody in this movie, almost every woman in this movie was a Playboy playmate. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a, a playmate. They're not actors. But they're, but they're not actors. They've they've not they've not taken an acting lesson. They're just being being very pretty and very naked. Yeah, they were there because they were getting paid a couple thousand dollars to hang around Andy Sidaris's bungalow for a week. Yeah, and in some cases they probably got paid as well to fl- to fly out to Hawaii for the film, and it's like, hey, are that you gonna? Be... Yeah, that can't that can't have sucked. <laughs> yeah, plus you know you're getting to bill him for okay, cool hotel. You're getting a vacation out of this, and occasionally you have to show up and learn and try repeat the lines you learned that morning. Yeah, which may not have been easy for everyone. That that lead actress was in the middle of a. I feel like I just read this like a really significant uh, drug um, mm. addiction. I think battle. I heard that. Yeah. Um, Donna Spear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that she was. Um, that basically working on these, like working on these movies, was how the Sidaris's kept her clean. Like, give her something to do so that she's not off, you know, bored and falling into into bad habits. A little bit, a little bit of help helps. Yeah. I will say this again, not a great actor, you know, not going to say it otherwise, but Taryn, the actress that played Taryn was pretty likable. I thought, I thought that, you know, she, she did have some on-screen charm. Yeah. I mean, Taryn is meant to be like, kind of, I mean, she's some kind of criminal, right? Mm -hmm. But she's kind of sweet and bubbly. She's the eager young space cadet. She yeah. is. That's where her pants are. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. Yeah. And I mean, she worked on and off for like a few years 
as an actress. I mean, you know, she did the requisite one episode of Baywatch where as woman on boat. <laughs> she just never got off the party boat. <laughs> yeah. Or the new Adam 12, which I don't know. I never realized there was a new that existed where she played nudist girl. Mm-hmm. And she was also in Slumber Party Massacre 3. Ooh. Oh, good for her. So, I mean, hey, kudos uh, for, you know, having a, having a career that went on for a few years after that. She was in The Stand. Yeah. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Like random townsperson? Uh, it says Sally Campion. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been years since I've seen The Stand or read The Stand, so I cannot remember who that is. She's somebody's wife. Oh yeah, she's the first person. She's she dies like right away. She's the wife of the guy that escapes from the uh, military base and and you know kills Takes everyone. Captain trips out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in there for you know a cup of tea. Oh, that, that that was a big movie. Like that's a, that's a fairly big role though for somebody mm-hmm. with a career like this. Good for her. I had completely forgotten Molly Ringwald's um haircut in the stand, and now I'm like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is now going to be about the stand because that's I would enjoy talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's like probably my second or third favorite. Uh, it's probably my second or third favorite um, Stephen King miniseries. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Rose Red that I have no, I can't really <laughs> contextualize. Danny, how often do we watch Rose Red? <laughs> uh, more than I would want to. <laughs> like, it's in the every October rotation. Yeah, for like well, my for my D and D campaign that I just did, like there's literally a I put little quotes at the far at the front of like articles that I write for my players to read, and one of them is liter about um haunted houses. It's literally just quoting the house has gone mad. Nice, I love I love that movie. I love haunted house movies. So yeah. That might be all we've got, Danny. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's that's gonna call it. Um, which is fair. There's there's not a lot to this movie. It's absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. You are of a mind to enjoy that kind of thing. This is a good example of that. I really do feel like this is exactly what Sidaris had in mind. You know, to to get to back to what you had said earlier, like I I can see what you're saying about this being like a movie to see with a bunch of like minded people. Mm-hmm. Like if you are near like some kind of art house theater that does like midnights, and this comes up, like that might be a really fun thing mm-hmm. to do. That's not about seeing the actual movie as it is about like just experiencing the energy in the room that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a see in the see at a rowdy showing where they also may allow you to have one have a drink or two. Yeah. And where somebody will have brought in a giant rubber snake. Yeah. <laughs> There's just somebody on stage with a giant rubber snake at all times. See it with a shadow and, cast. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> has like a, has like a toy, uh, has like a Nerf rocket launcher. <laughs> they do make those by the way. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Oh my God. <laughs> Quick. Somebody call the Coolidge. Uh, thank you both for, uh, for, for being here um and thank you all for being here um until next time go to bed channel 37's midnight movie show was presented by wendy abramo will ackerman and dj toland you're not gonna want to miss next time
We were gonna blow up stuff with a rocket launcher, but we couldn't find one, and the guy on Craigslist turned out to be a whole thing, so we're just gonna shoot at wrestling figures with BBs. Wendy did not appreciate the subtle genius. <laughs> I mean, once I honestly cannot be surprised at all. No, no, no that's it. Wendy is Wendy is a correctly thinking person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wendy is not nearly as much a degenerate us as yeah. us. <laughs> I am reformed. Yeah. <laughs>